This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No Hi, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Keeping It Real with Young Wayne. And today we have a special guest. Uh, this is one of my favorite people in the world. Oh. Who uh, I don't even know. I'm not gonna run through no resume or no bio. I mean, because no. it's. I mean, what don't she do? That's the thing. I mean, you do everything. We gonna call you a life liver because oh. you're making your dreams come true. Thank you. I do like to live life, <laughs> I do, and I do. I'm a very, very much so alive. Okay. But thank you. We uh, tap at the brown here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we clap, we clap. There. We gotta add the noise and the, the oh, confetti okay. coming down. No, it's not. It's not gonna happen. Nice. This is nice. nice. Okay. But you know something. <laughs> If I could say, and this is very random what I'm about to say. Okay. <laughs> well, anybody I've talked to about you, and I'm like, meeting you in person, which is, it's gonna, I know this is just going to, it's very random. <laughs> You're absolutely gorgeous. What? Thank you. <laughs> no, like, for real. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. Well, all right. No, like, for real. <laughs> it's like, you like, legitimately, like, I'm like, when I did, because I did uh, a children's show, Tab yeah. Time. And I'm like... Top of the fine. I, I feel like I feel like <laughs> when somebody's like a, a happily married woman, I feel like God hides they fine. Oh wow! And so you don't see it, you, yeah. You don't because you like oh that's somebody's wife. But when you see them in person, I was like, hmm, okay. Tab out here is cute. Okay, I don't you know like, what they yeah, what they're saying. Like, okay, uh, top of the fine. Oh, but thank you. But but it's funny. But I'm like I didn't notice it for like <laughs> I know it sounds crazy what I'm saying. I'm like well I guess I ain't paying attention. But I'm like. Hmm. No, she's fine, actually. I'm, All right, out, I'm out here. You know, Tabby looking good. Kansas, we be, we be out here fine. But both of y'all, like, a, like y'all a good-looking couple. Yeah. Like, y'all y'all look youthful. You look happy. Like, you look like you can hang out with your daughter, and nobody would know. Yeah. Nobody that, you know, it's the fro, right? Mm. When Donna um, is out, it'd be making me look a little older, right? And people just be, like, wanting to respect you because you got an afro. And they'd be like, <laughs> they don't, they don't want to see Nothing past sister, okay, you the queen. But if I had my hair in braids, I'd be at the mall with my daughter, and the guys at her age be like, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm like, "Hey, boy, that's my daughter. I'm her mama. It's Tab, right?" But it happens. I never thought about that, like what the afro does. Cause it do. Even when you see a, a like you see a black man with a natural, mm-hmm. like no liner, just a natural, you're like, "Oh, that's a father." Yeah, that, that's a father right there. Uh-huh. Like if you see somebody with like a cool haircut, like I don't know if he a dad. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I look wearing my beard a certain way, right? I like when I have an unshaven beard, mm-hmm. I feel more like a dad. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I like looking like a father. Like, I don't want to look cool. But you, don't you can still be cool. a cool father. <laughs> right. but you know what I mean? But like, you like a cool father. Now you got a beard right now, you like a cool father. But this thing, like, when I, I just did a movie right now to cut all this off and just have my mustache, and uh-huh. I look so much younger. And so, like, younger people were like talking to me, and I'm like, dang, I don't really like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? I'm like, now y'all want to leave me alone, man. I'm 42. Yeah. It I'm do not feel 33. uncomfortable. 
it is sometimes it's like a little discomfort, but yeah. it's also a good reminder. Because sometimes you need that reminder. But see, that's what I like about you. You're so cool. I think that's one of the great things about even you doing tab time. You have this, um, and I, I remember watching the show again just on my own. I just love the way you deliver anything to people. Like, you make everybody really comfortable because it has this, like, is that on purpose? Like, you have this smooth, like, hey, <laughs> everything's beautiful. <laughs> hey, yeah. Well, you know, um, I mean, it's who I am, mm. right? But I really be just wanting people to feel seen in the moment, mm. you know? Right now, it's just about you. Mm. And that's the that's the point, right? Mm. A lot of people get missed in their day. Mm. And I want to be intentional with seeing people and making you feel like, oh, she paid attention to me. Like, because this is the thing about it. Like, right now, I look at how much you're winning, and it's just you being yourself, mm. right? When you first came out here to L.A., mm -hmm. did you feel like you had to do a different version of yourself? Oh, yeah. Ooh, tab on this tab, mm. right? Because <laughs> um, I want free, right? This is me being free. Before, I was trying to do whatever I saw everybody else doing because mm. I thought that was what was going to open the door for me. Uh, I've been here 18 years, mm. right? In, in L.A.? In L.A. Wow. And for the first, you know, good 12 to, you know, 13 years, I was just out here trying to fit in mm -hmm. and trying to be what I saw on TV, right? I wore my hair straight all the time because I was told to. Uh, I always covered my accent. Mm -hmm. I was always trying to be a size two, four. Honey, that was cute, though, okay? <laughs> <laughs> she was cute, but she wasn't free. Mm -hmm. And... It didn't work for me. I mean, I had a lot of small victories, and I did all right. Nobody knew who I was because I was trying to fit in. And the moment that I said, you know what, I just want to be who God created me to be. I don't want to be nobody else, just Tab. And I started taking those layers off. Mm. Uh, that's when my life changed. When when did you have that moment? Was it was it because, you know, I tell people this all the time because I've, I've had that. Mm -hmm. Um. <clears throat> I think, like, when I first started comedy, I was doing it a certain way, and I was mm. just doing jokes. And then I was challenged by my roommates, who were two other comedians, like, all right, dude, you keep talking about your family. Why you don't do none of this stuff on stage? You're, like, telling us all these stories all yeah. the time. And I just remember having a moment where I didn't want to be like nobody else. It's like, all right, man, if I'm going to lose, it's going to yeah. be what this is. And when did you have that moment? Uh, I had that moment from a dark place, mm. right? Uh, which is why I always share it because I always tell people, use me. Don't wait till you get all the way down to the dark before you realize that you want to be free. Uh, I got sick, right? Mm. I got sick in 2016 and um, really didn't think I was going to live to see 40. Mm. And I was sick for like a year and a half and couldn't get well. And uh, doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. It's like my body was just attacking itself. And I really thought God forgot about me. Mm. And, I, you know, I'm from the South. I grew up in the church. My mama was a pastor. Like, you know, I've always been a woman of faith. But I really had a moment where I felt like, I don't know, you know, faith is enough in this in this moment because I don't think he see me or hear me. And so I had what I call my last, you know, final call out to him. I was like, I'm going to try one more time to really talk to God and see if he hears me. 
And I got in the mirror and I just really was in search of like seeing my soul. And they say the only way you can do that is through your eyes. Mm. And so I got in the mirror and I was just like, God, if you heal me, you can have me. Mm. And I meant it. And I wasn't going to try to live my life my way no more. I was simply going to live it the way he created me to live it. And when I left the bathroom that day, I felt a shift inside of me. I wasn't healed yet, but I just felt different. And from that day on, I just started taking layers off. And I was like, well, this ain't the true you. You can't do that no more. You know, and it was scary, right? Um, every day, I'm still taking layers off. It's been five years that I chose freedom. And I chose to give God my life. And ever since then, my life has changed, though, for the better. So that's how it happened. Wow. So... It's so interesting, like, when I think about, like, your your husband, too, like, did he have the same moment at the same time? Like, because how do you do, like, you have, you're doing that, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're like, I, I want to be free, this is what it is. How do you get your partner to to either, to join in in that, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to do that together. How did that, did he have the same moment? You, you don't do that together, mm. right? Your journey is your business. Mm. That ain't got nothing to do with my husband, right? I got to be the best version of Taya. He can't help me with that. I can't help him with that, right, for him to be the best version of chance. That's self-work. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for your partner to help you, you're going to be disappointed, mm-hmm. right? Um, my husband, I've been with my husband for 24 years, and for so many years he would say, Tab, why don't you just be you? Mm-hmm. You know, he hated Hollywood because he would see what I would do. He was like, man, you go out there, you, you're doing all these auditions, you know, but you ain't even being yourself, and you working hard to be whatever you think they want, and they still won't take you. So he was like, just be you. He would tell me all the time. And I was like, they don't want me. But he was right. All they wanted was just me to be me. That's what anybody wants. Mm. Everybody to just be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked. I'm a, I'm a witness to that. <laughs> That's so beautiful to hear, like, um, and for for so many reasons, because you know, like you, where are you from again? You from North Carolina? North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so you come from, and it's a small small town out oh, there. Oh yeah, Eden. So all you know is what you see on TV and yep. reading, like, and so like you you like, oh, that's I think that is what this is. The, seeing it on TV, and then I remember one of my first agents in Greensboro, uh, North Carolina. I had started because there was a time where I was very much so like very Afrocentric. I you know I had my hair. Uh, natural little afro. Then I went and had locks because me and my husband both had locks. I started his locks, mm. um, and then I locked my hair when we got married. And I had just started back acting. During that time, I was doing no acting in North Carolina. And so when I decided to start back acting, I had locks. And my agent told me, she was like, nobody wants to see a black woman on television with locks. And I was like, oh, wow. okay. Mm. And I believed her. And so I took three days to strip my locks out because I didn't want to shave all my hair off again. And so that was the start of believing the hype, right? Mm. Uh, and then I remember just even in corporate America, I was always told, you know, cover your accent. Because I worked in call centers. And work, and I'm out here covering my accent for $11 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Do we understand that we out here code switching for $11 an hour? Okay. Hi, how are you? This is Tabitha. How may I help you? Like, what? Like, for $11 an hour, I was hiding my freedom, right? I was allowing somebody to control me. But then even when I moved out here and I started taking 
acting classes or doing like the workshops with casting directors and all that, they would tell me the same thing. They would say, listen, you need to cover, you got to learn to mask your accent so that no one can tell where you're from. And I would be told, you know, that sounds, you know, ignorant or they'll typecast you or, you know, and I'm like, I know I'm a trained actress. I can create different accents, but I believe them when they said mask it, sound Mm. neutral. And so I did that, right? I did all of the things that they told me. And so when I came out here, I was still wearing my hair natural. So I had, you know, I was wearing it curly or in a bun. And they were like, no, you need to, for your skin complexion is what I was told. Your hair needs to be straight. And so I believed them. And so I started pressing my hair. And I did that for, you know, a good 15 years almost, right? I always say to Donna, because you know I call my hair Donna. <laughs> I, I was like, back, back then she was oppressed. Because <laughs> I was pressing her out here today. But she free now. Um, but yeah, I did that because I believed them. And also because I was desperate. Mm. And I had to get to a place of understanding that desperation is also not freedom. That's interesting you say that too. Like I, I think about how many times... I was asked to change something. If mm-hmm. it's how it sounded, if it's, um, you know, I remember when that Living Color thing was happening. Mm. And they were like, oh, your sketches, your comedy is too, I think she said it was too country or something, something mm. like that. Been there. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't know no other way to do it. Right. Yeah. And so the I, I only switched one time. Mm. And I never did it again after that. It, it was didn't for, feel right. It didn't. I did the NBC Diversity uh, Standard for Diversity Showcase. Made mm-hmm. it all the way to LA to the to the big show, the finale. Yeah. And I took all these notes, and I changed my everything, my set, the way I delivered, and had a terrible set. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I never forget. So I had a terrible set. I left. The the show went to a random comedy club in L.A. and just did, I think a Kim Whitley spot mm-hmm. and just destroyed because I was so I just wanted to be me. Yeah, and this is how like this is how God working that the same people that was at the showcase was literally randomly at the show and that's how I got last comic standing. Wow, and they just asked me why I didn't do that there and I was like, well, I took all these notes mm-hmm. and changed everything. Never change. Man. Never change. Never. We're gotta, always enough. You got to be you. Yeah. If you go take an L, and there's so take many people. Your L, take your though. L, though. Right. I was Not somebody else's. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, let me take my own L. Like, That's it's right. literally, I mean, that, and then, like, I had, like, a, a manager before I had knowledge, and this guy was just, I remember, like, God telling me to, like, walk away. I mm-hmm. had to tell somebody that, right? Because people that don't believe God, you'd be like, well, yeah. God told me, I got to fire you. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then they tell you, like, oh, you ain't gonna never make it in Hollywood. Da, okay. da, da, da. And I love the fact, I think I was at the Oscars. <laughs> that was not my name. And I saw him. See how he slid like, that in? I mm. think I was at the Oscars. I think I was right. <laughs> you know he had to do that. But it's one of those things. I yeah. remember, like, having a heated argument with this dude. I was in a Walmart parking lot, and he's telling me that Hollywood, they'd never see it, the name Little Real and Lights, they'd never do this. It was, mm. he went in. And I was like, I didn't care, though. Like, I hear you, fam. Yeah. Is this the same Oscars that you were hosting the pre-show for? No, this one Get Out was nominated. Okay. Mm-hmm. The first time. Okay, wow. Well, you know, that's that's how the enemy worked, right? Because mm-hmm. he still got a job. Hmm. So his job was to try to seek and destroy you in that parking lot. Mm. But he lost. He lost. Yeah. And that's I think that's one of the things I think, um, it, like, before I even for real, for real got a chance to talk to you and meet you, like, 
I was, just, you know, you're just drawn to people and you don't know why. Like, I, I always look at those like divine connections in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just drawn to you. Like, I'm like, oh, this is like a, she's so dope. And it was just always about how, and even like when I started following your husband, like, I, like I'll be making friends with people in my head. I'm like, All right, someday I gotta be friends with them, right? There's gotta be. Like, even with Chance, I'm like, these are the type of brothers I wanna be around. Like, yeah. I look at the, you know, the, the, the guys he hang out with and the, the dope things that he's doing with the, the with the basketball teams and stuff. like yeah. and then and so then here we go this is kind of it was a controversy where like you know everybody like wait a minute like you you know he decided to not work was he working at corporate America what, he was a police officer he's a police officer yeah so you told me he could stop yeah that was our plan and for some reason people people thought that was a bad not everybody but like people like wait ugh, wait a minute she telling him. <laughs> She could just take care of him. Like, looked at it from that perspective of uh-huh. it. And I like your response to it. It was so, because I know I'm kind of ghetto, right? And so, like. <laughs> <laughs> What's your response would have been? I was like, man, what you say? <laughs> you, you damn right I'm doing it that way. <laughs> you know how he stuck by me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, but you had a very cool, like, because it wasn't like it, it felt like it was thought about. Like, you just, so when you. How do I ask this question? Because it's like it was so smooth and calm and collected. <laughs> like when you responded, was it? Did you know what you was gonna say, or did you just record and just say whatever you, it came out? You know what? I was um, in my office working that morning early. As I had my pajamas on, <laughs> uh, and I started getting all these text messages from people on the East Coast saying, "Girl, Winnie Williams is talking about you," mm. and I was like, "Oh my god." I didn't even know she knew who I was. That's crazy. <laughs> and then I looked at the video. I said, oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, well. I put my phone down. I went back to work. And it's like God tapped me and said, uh-uh, I need you to give this woman grace in this moment. Mm. And I was like, but it don't matter to me. She don't even know me, right, on a personal level. Um, he was like, I still need you to do this. And so I was like, all right. So I just did the video. And I went back to work. And I literally didn't think twice about it. Like, I just said what was on my heart, and that's my truth, right? And I went on back to work. I had never for a second thought people were going to react the way they did, right? Um, but I also know why after the facts, because nobody had ever given her grace. Mm. Everybody would always give her back what she gave, mm. and that's not what she needed, right? That's not what any of us need. Our goal, to me, um, and I really believe that our goal should always be to be able to give each other grace, Mm -hmm. right? To stand in a place of love uh, and share that with each other. So, um, and I can't get upset about somebody who I know don't know me. Right. You you don't really know. (laughs) You you eloquently gave her her grace, for sure. Yeah, you did that so (laughs) smooth. I was like, that was a nice check-in. (laughs) That was a sweet chicken. I I just said what I said, and that was just just my truth. You know, me and my husband had an agreement uh, when we moved to L.A., and he decided to to take that job. He was like, hey, listen, uh, I can join the police department. They got good benefits. He was like, I might be able to make a change, make a difference, uh, and you can pursue your dream because I'll be able to have a steady check, benefits, and I was like, okay. I was like, give me five years. Give me mm. five years and I'll take you out of there. And then you can pursue your dreams because he loves basketball. He loves yeah. children. And uh, he was like, all right. That was that was our deal. 
and the five years Turn. turned into 15. <laughs> so, and that's okay. And and listen, after the fifth year, he was like, man, don't even worry about it, babe. Like, yeah. I don't even, now I just got to go focus. After year like six, seven, eight, I was like, babe, I'm telling you, it's still coming. Like, I feel it. Like, mm-hmm. some, he was like, I can't think about that right now. I got to stay focused. I'm work, you know, I'm doing a dangerous job. Just keep trying to pursue. Do do what you're doing. But I always had a job, but I didn't have a career, right? You know, a job is just just over broke, okay? Mm-hmm. Wow. So I literally would always contribute, you know, with bills and things. But he had a consistent check because I would have a job and sometimes i quit the job. Because mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, I got this lick. I ain't, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> you know, when you're in the like, hey, I didn't, I didn't hit for 10000 I'm going to go ahead and quit my job, right? <laughs> um, and so he used to always say, you know, do whatever you got to do, but I got to make sure we got a you know, roof over our head, that the kids is well. And that's my partner, right? He my provider. He my partner. <clears throat> and so... He would always say, we got to have this amount of money. We used to joke. He'd be like, hey, the only way I quit you know, my job is we had this amount of money in the bank. Hmm. That amount of money sat in the bank for over a year before he said, I'll leave. I was like, hey, you, you said if we had this amount of money, you, was gonna, you would quit. I was like, I don't want you to keep putting your life on the line every day. I don't, I don't want you to do that. And it was also conflicting for him because the changes he thought he was going to be able to make, hmm. <clears throat> he realized he couldn't. I was going to ask you about that. You know, yeah. he, uh, he always wanted to make that change. And now since he you were able, he was able to retire or leave that, mm-hmm. he's able to make that change at the foundation with those kids and exactly. youth basketball. So. And that's what he does. He teaches life skills through basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's more about teaching kids, you know, respect for themselves and for others. Yeah. And just life lessons. Mm-hmm. And that's his passion. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah. uh, you know, he had a small amount of people who did that for him growing up. Because uh, he didn't have a dad, mm-hmm. you know, and so he thinks about himself when he's pouring into children, and I wanted him to be able to do that, and so that was that was our uh, agreement, and he's doing all right. Yeah, but you know what's beautiful about y'all is it's a display of partnership, right? Mm-hmm. I was me and my my little brother was talking about our parents one day, and I was like, one of the things I think they did really well, they were really good partners. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. from, like, figuring out how Christmas is going to happen and, <laughs> like, they partner in doing that. And I think, you know, like, me and my brother were just talking about relationships. And I'm like, yo, that's really the key is really the partnership part of it. I think oh, there's yeah. one thing that's not talked about much of. And to hear that story and we got to have him on the podcast. Because yeah. I, I, what I like about that is also this this man, this brother— He's like, look, I gotta, I gotta focus on this, mm-hmm. and you understand it. Like, look, I, like, I, baby, pursue you, but I have to. Yeah, like we had so many arguments mm. because he just didn't believe. Mm. He would, he would be like, I, listen, I, I, I can't believe in that dream right now. Mm-hmm. He couldn't see it, and I'd be like, but God showed me this, and I would write it down. I'd be like, look, I had this dream. God showed me this. He'd be like, hey, okay. But he just, he was like, I don't have time to dream with you. Somebody got to make sure we good. And I would be like, but you, he showed me. He spoke to me. I heard his voice. And he'd be like, okay, babe. But now he'd be like, hey, what, what God tell you? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'll tell you, like, man, everything my wife told me has come to pass. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything she, every time she woke up and had a dream and said, babe, I had this dream. Everything she wrote down. Whether it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it has come to pass. 
He felt like that was his role, and he played it well. And he did. Yeah. Everybody has a role, yeah, every, right? Everything mm-hmm. you do. And our roles also change, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's the thing that people, I think, get so caught up in thinking they can only have one role in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your role in your person changes. Continues to evolve. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, who I am today is not who I'm going to be in a year. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm going to become, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that's the great thing about life, right? It's expecting the unexpected and being okay with it. How how um your upbringing? Mm-hmm. How much does that play into who you are now, or who you like when you were doing the fitting in, fitting in part to yeah. like who you are now, like the upbringing? Who I am now is how I was raised. Mm, right? I figured that. That's why I asked. Yeah, this is this is me. <laughs> yeah. You know, my dad to be so proud. He'd be like, that's, that's now that's my girl. <laughs> right? You yeah. know. And that was also part of my my journey. I remember um one of my best friends uh who's a comedian, Zainab, Zainab Johnson. I was on the phone with Zainab one day and my daddy called and I clicked over to talk to my daddy and when I clicked back over, you know when you talk to family, you real. And when I clicked back over, I was still in that voice. She was like, hello? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Zaynab. She was like, girl, you are country? And in that moment, I realized that one of my best friends didn't even know my real voice. Because mm. I had been masking for so long, mm. trying to make sure that everybody thought this was me. And it bothered me. And it was years after that before I walked into freedom. But it always stuck in the back of my head that, dang, why can't I be the same tab that I am with my daddy, with my sister, with my husband, with my children? Why can't I be her outside mm. all the time at work, right? Mm. I've been the the only black woman and person at a job before, right, many times. And I know many of us can relate to that and could not be who I am. It's so uncomfortable, and it's exhausting, and it's not freedom. And we deserve to be exactly who we are because we are enough, just as we are. And uh, I'll never go back. Nice. Yeah. I love to hear that because, you know, code switching is a pet peeve. (laughs) It's a, ooh. And I remember his cousin is a comedian, Dave Heller, one of our Mm -hmm. our good friends, too. And he was opening for me. It was majority mainstream crowds. It was a mm-hmm. white audience. This brother's educated, smart. He's a teacher. And he goes up and he changes his dialect. Mm-hmm. Has a great set. <clears throat> he come off stage. People high-fiving him. I pull him to the side. Pissed. I'm like, bro, you can't open for me no more if you're going to do that. He said, what I do? I said, why are you changing your dialect? You know, excuse my friend. I was like, fuck them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like, I'm not going to change who I am. Mm-mm. Like, you're an educated brother. You're educated. Right. What makes you think they talking correctly? Yeah. Right. <laughs> All of this was created by them, right? Yeah. That's the thing. So it's like, fam, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. be who you are. And yeah. after that, he never did that again. Mm-hmm. Next show, he had a great set still. And I said, bro, that's just what I'm like, fam. What? Be true. And so when I watch, sometimes I hate, and I'm telling you, it's a pet peeve of mine when I see people on talk shows. And they Ooh. switching their whole <laughs> yeah. thing up. I'll yeah. be sitting there. And these are people I look up to. Yeah. And I'm like, and you know what's interesting? It's a lot of, you know, the generation before us, they kind of don't even know they're doing it. 
Mm-hmm. Because the generations before us had to do things out of survival. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Our ancestors had to do it out of survival. Mm-hmm. They survived, so we don't have to do that anymore. So we don't have to yeah. do it. Yes. Right? Uh, Code Switcher came early for me. I remember being, you know, probably seven years old and watching my mom answer the phone to talk to bill collectors. She changed her voice. Mm-hmm. If we went into the bank, she changed her voice. So as a kid, you think, oh, that's what you have to do. So I started doing it in school. If I had white teachers, that's how I, I talked different. Mm. It's instilled in us because it was survival, right? But we can unlearn that behavior. Yeah. It does not belong to us. It doesn't belong to us. That's not freedom. That's we what, don't have to do it anymore. That's what the world is doing now. We're reshaping <laughs> and unlearning so yes. many things. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about social media. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you contribute that to like your success? Because you're able to be yourself. Like he was able to go on stage and be. He could show who he, he wanted yeah. to be. And you know, you said you were auditioning. Mm-hmm. You were doing nice things. But social media may have opened up something else for you. Can you yeah, talk to that? Social media changed my life. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to get on social media and do videos. <laughs> right. right. I never ever. That was never something I wanted to do. Um, and I never wanted to do anything with food, ever. <laughs> wow. And I, I look at all my old, like, journals and, and uh, vision boards, all that. Honey, food was never on there at all other than me <laughs> going to a fancy restaurant. But you okay? wanted to be America's mom, though, right? Yeah, because I liked Claire Huxtable. <laughs> okay. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be have my own TV yeah, show. Claire didn't cook, did she? Exactly. Well, she did, but she was an attorney, right? Yeah. But she was an actress. That's okay. what I wanted to be, like, okay. known as America's mom because I had this TV show. I always mm-hmm. said I was Claire Huxtable meets Roseanne, oh, Roseanne, right in the middle. <laughs> mm, okay. That was me. Okay. Right? And so that's the type of show I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um but when I got on social media, it was only because I had a dream and God spoke to me and told me to do it. Yeah. And I was like, mm, I can't do that. Because I had friends prior to when the when Vine was real, you know, big. Yeah. That we had all been like actors together and doing stuff together. And they got on Vine. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. Yeah, 10 seconds. Because, you know, I thought I was above. Mm. Right? Because I was making probably $15 an hour at my job. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, no. But also, we were told, you know, in Hollywood, you get on social media, they ain't going to take you serious as an actress. Right. And I believed it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm yeah. not about to do that. And so when I had this dream and I saw myself on a, a show, but the screen was small. And my gift... I have a lot of gifts, but one of my gifts is dreaming and seeing. Mm. And when I see it, it comes to pass. Whatever it is, it's a message. Mm -hmm. And so I woke up and I remember praying. I was like, God, reveal that to me. Because at this time I was sick, right? And this was right after I had had the moment in the bathroom with, I told God, if you heal me, you can have me. So a couple weeks later, I have this dream. And in prayer, I asked him to reveal it to me. And I heard a voice that said, start doing videos. And I was like, start doing videos? Nah, Lord, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> and he said, remember, you said, if I heal you, I can have you. I was like, oh, he caught me on a bad day. But I did say that. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, but what am I going to do a video about? Mm-hmm. Now, prior to me getting sick, I used to do stand-up because I was trying to get a TV show. And okay. like, you know, in Hollywood, they was like, yeah, hey, you do stand-up, you get a TV show easier. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be a sit-down comedian because I'm still not well. <laughs> right. And I'm going to just tell the same mom jokes and wife jokes I used to tell on stage. And that's when I first started doing videos. And during that time is when my daughter came home from school and was like, uh, Mommy, I saw this documentary at school. and I think you should watch it. And it was What the Health on Netflix. And so I watched it. And then that it was like a light bulb moment for me. And I was like, uh-oh, I think I might need to try this vegan thing to maybe heal myself, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I told my husband, let's do a 30 day vegan challenge. So the whole family, because everybody, you know, they knew I was struggling trying to get well. So we did a 30 day vegan challenge. And on like day 10, the headache I had like every day for a year and seven months disappeared. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm feeling really like starting to get back to myself. So after the 30 days, I told my husband, I ain't going back. This is going to be my life. I'm going to go vegan. The moment I said that out loud, I heard that same voice whisper in my ear and said, now tell people what you're eating in your videos. And I was like, Lord, I don't know about this. You know, I'm from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. A challenge, 30 days is one thing. (laughs) But permanent life, you want me to get on here? And I had also, during that process, shaved off all my hair. And my hair was always very long and straight. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you want me to get on here and tell people that, A, I shaved off all my hair. Uh, I'm going vegan for real, Right. Okay. You know, all my family, it won't nobody watch it anyway, but my family. It was like 30 people. It was all my cousins and aunts. They're going to be like, that girl done lost her mind out there in Hollywood. You know? But I was obedient. I was trying to live this life of obedience. And whatever God was asking of me, I was just surrendering and doing it. And that's when I started doing videos. And so in prayer, God was like, listen, when you was trying to get a TV show, you was out here doing, you know, open mics and and Mm -hmm. stand up. You was reaching 15, maybe 30 people a night. So you start doing videos, you reach thousands in minutes. And I was so conflicted because I was like, God, I ain't got thousands of followers. What are you talking about? He was like, start doing the videos. Mm. Tell people what you're eating. And that was August of 2017 when Mm. I first started. And by October, I was feeling better. And I told my husband, you know what? I don't want to go back to a nine to five because I've been on disability for over a year. I was like, I'm going to go and drive Uber because now I can go back and audition, mm-hmm. get back out there. I'm going to probably get discovered in my car because I'm going to pick up a producer or something because I'm in L.A. <laughs> I'm always optimistic like that. Yeah. And so I was driving Uber in December and picked up somebody and dropped them off at by Whole Foods. And I was like, oh, I'm still new vegan. Whole Foods always got, you know, vegan options. And I stopped in there and got a uh, breakfast sandwich, mm-hmm. the TTLA sandwich. And I had never had vegan bacon before. I had yeah. never heard of it. And I was like, ooh, give me that. And my videos, I had been telling people when I'm, I'm vegan now, when I find, you know, new options, I'm going to just share it with y'all. And still, I would get a couple hundred views, you know, <laughs> in a week or two, maybe a thousand. Uh, but that day, I posted that video and went on back to drive an Uber. And when I got home and turned my phone on, you know, my notifications, I had like 50,000 views on the video. I was like, who watching this video? <laughs> And the next morning, it had like over 100-something thousand. I was like, I told Chance, I said, babe, I think I'm going viral. <laughs> and he was, like, <laughs> he was like, well, what that mean? I said, I don't know. He said, well, you going to make some money? And I was like, I, I don't know. And four days later, Whole Foods reached out through Facebook, slid in my DM, and was like, mm-hmm. we saw your video, and we would love to work with you. And I became their brand ambassador. And, and that's what changed my whole life through social media. And you said your life wow. was going to change in that in video, and that's when it went viral. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I also told my husband I'm gonna get discovered in my car. I thought it was gonna be a producer or something, but it was me eating a sandwich. Wait, <laughs> but, hey, I still was right though. <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting about vegan food, right? I was uh-huh. oh, here you go. No, because this is what I don't understand. Like, and I get it because I'm I'm not vegan, but yeah, but like y'all create vegan versions of meat, right? Like vegan uh-huh. bacon and the vegan cheeseburgers and the vegan yeah. steak and Absolutely. the vegan chicken. Uh huh. But I'm like, is that, that's the opposite of the point, right? No, it's not. So you got to think, if you had a habit forever and ever and ever, right, um, we crave texture and taste. Mm-hmm. If I decide I don't want to eat death anymore, I want to eat life, 
and I don't want to eat dead animals and I want to eat things that make me well, but I still like the taste. Mm. If I can find a substitute for that, why not? And I'm with you. But that's funny, <laughs> but it's like, do you start... But he, listen, it's like when they make vegan crack or like... <laughs> real, real, no, real. I'm serious. When they throw it into the yeah. drum, it's vegan ecstasy, man. You know, it's, it, it does so much for you, right? Yeah. Like for me, I'm not the... Um, the 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 vegan that's gonna ever be judgmental to anybody, mm. right? Um, I did it to save my life, and it did. Mm. Um, it healed me. And when I first went vegan, <clears throat> it was all about me mm. and and getting better. And after I was, you know, better, I realized like, oh, it ain't just about me anymore. If this helped me, it can help somebody else. Mm. And then the longer that I have been vegan, I started really researching and finding out more of what it does for the environment, right? What it does for our earth, how the animals are, are affected, right? Mm. When I was sick, at my lowest point, I had manic panic attacks, which was like I could have 50 panic attacks in a day, wow. right? Which is like constantly trying to catch my breath. Um, I was very depressed. I was on antidepressants. I was just in a very dark space all the time. I would sleep all the time. I just was on edge. I did not feel well. And animals, because they need to be mass produced now, like cows and chickens and pigs, they are in uh, constant panic Mm. and they are depressed and they know they're going to die and they're afraid. Those were all my feelings. We are what we eat. I was eating depression every day. I eat chicken every day. And listen, I'm a healthy eater. Prior to being vegan, I haven't had pork or red meat since I was 15. Mm. Right. So I only was eating chicken and fish anyway in Turkey. I was eating those feelings. Right. I was eating those animals who died with depression and sickness, because that's the other thing. You know that animals, even if they're sick, they can still sell it to you. Right. Even if it has cancer, it can still be sold to you because they say, oh, the heat will kill it once Mm. it's cooked. But we're eating those things. I was eating that. It's a personal journey for me. Um, But then, you know, after really thinking about it, I I got a dog, right? And I love that dog. But he's no different than a cow or a pig. They're all animals. Um, And to me, I would love to have a cow or a pig and raise it like a dog just so people can see that. But they're, they're meant to be amongst us in the land. I believe that. Right. If we believe the word, the word says that God gave us dominion over the animals and an animal was never sacrificed until sin came. And I try my best to be intentional with love. We're all going to sin until we out of here. But my intention is to try my best not to. And so I don't want to have to sacrifice an animal to live when I can live off the land. That's so interesting, too, because like, once again, I, I, I'm due to I love meat. Yeah, and that's watched, your business. I watched it. That's my business. <laughs> and I, it, it's a great perspective from that because I remember, like, where my son almost didn't want to eat fish no more because he watched, uh, what's the Find cartoon Nemo. movie? Yeah, Finding Nemo. <laughs> and so I, and he had a great perspective on it. But this is, my thing is this is going to sound messed up, is mm-hmm. that, like, I don't have no pets. Right. Yeah. Because I don't really like animals for real mm-hmm. and because I don't I think that's what, that's why I keep eating meat and I know that sounds insane no it does like I feel like if I did 
I probably would be like, oh, I don't you probably wanna. get that connection. Yeah, yeah. But like because it's like, mm. Honey, you know, what I mean? like, it's like, and I watched every documentary. And people be like, this haven't changed you. I'm like, yeah, nah. And and I like the fact that you said this. It's it's your business. I mm-hmm. think that's what life is. I think that's what the world needs to understand about so many things. Is that some things is none of our business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got to be a personal thing, right? It's so many things that's personal, but we have, you know, they create laws and rules. Mm-hmm. I think these are nosy, controlling rules. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, we hear about, you know, them try to abolish abortion. And, mm-hmm. Like, that's lit, but that's none of, I, that's none of my business. That's right. <laughs> very, very true. It's none of my business. None of my business is what you do at home. It's, none of my, it's, it's so many things that, like, you know, I think while we, we, Hate, well, people hate people and just hate, hate, mm. hate is nosy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. very nosy. Yeah. Like, fam, it's none of your business. Yeah. And you, actually, wouldn't, you wouldn't hate if you weren't paying attention. There you go. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's none of my business. Get out for business. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. You're right. And you, you know what's interesting, too? I, I was, you know, we kind of shared something the same way. I, I lost my mom. Mm-hmm. In 09, and that changed my world in yeah. a way where, like, I, I didn't know if I, I didn't realize it until I started going to therapy recently. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a panic attack one day, Randy. We, we talked about that. They had a whole episode of me talking about going to therapy. But, mm-hmm. um, Good for you. you know, because I didn't realize I was like, it was just, it, I didn't mourn for real. Mm-hmm. I had, no, like, I did not do it. I thought I did, but I was just moving on. You yeah. know, we've talked to do that, kind of just like, all right, just keep it moving. Right. And and then one day I was on the stairs at, the, like, I think, at, like, three number one movies and Man. things was cracking. I mean, yeah. I got this house. I got, and I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. I literally sat on my stairs crying. April, you know, showed up. Because I was shooting a movie at the time. I, I was late to set because I was, I was just messed up. Yeah. And, you know, what I... What I learned was, it was like, oh, wait, I never mourn. And, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, I saw a couple of things you've done that's amazing. I saw what you did for your dad mm-hmm. and how beautiful that moment was, right? And I think we all get to that place where we want to, like, you know, like, do something. And I think that's why I was there. I was hurting because the one person I really wanted to, like, show off and, like, yeah, put on this plane or get, like, and she's not there. And I couldn't yeah. do that. And I had to deal with that, right? Because I was like, oh, I'm like really sad because of that. Yeah. And I didn't know that was a thing, but that's why I, I, ther- therapy has changed my life. Yeah. Nice. Really it, it really has. Like, I'm glad. Like, it's like made me see things differently. Mm-hmm. I'm able to like explain things to my friends a little differently, which is even dope. It's like, oh, yeah. I could really talk to my homeboys. Like, hey, let's really talk. I know y'all ain't used to doing this. Right. But here we go. Mm-hmm. Let me help you break something down. Let's mm-hmm. break something down. Because, I, I you know, it. you don't have to be strong in this moment. Like, one of my best friends lost his daughter recently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, watch him trying to be strong. And I'm like, bro, you don't have to be that. Yeah. Like, you just lost your kid, man. That's right. It's oh, literally it's okay. I know ain't nobody else really saying that to you and don't get it. Fam, whatever you, you can cry. Yeah. I know I've always seen you as this guy. <laughs> you don't. That, bro. That's you right. You don't have to be that. I'm so proud of you. Oh, I appreciate it. No, but I, I, I say this to say this, like, you know, I know that felt good to do that for your dad. Like, did you, do you have those moments too? It's like, ah, oh, you know. Oh, every day, hmm. right? Uh, I still have moments where, 
you know, when all these great things that have been happening in my life. And I always call my daddy, you know, I call my sister and we tell and my husband and we be talking and it'd be feeling like it's somebody I, I forgot to call. And it's mm-hmm. always my mom. Cause I keep feeling like I'm supposed to call and tell her what happened too, you right. know? Right. Um, and there's still days that I pick up the phone, like just out of habit, like, oh, mm. you know, but I'm so, um, I'm very different when it comes to death. You know, most people are not like me. Uh, death has been a part of my life since I was a little girl, right? It, it's like it follows me. Um, and so I'm very comfortable with it. And I know she is so present, right, within me and around. But um, absolutely, there are days where I just really want my mama. And that is normal and um, relatable because a lot of people feel the same. Uh, but it's also the thing that motivates me. Right? My mama died at 51. She was very young. Uh, and she had ALS, which was a, a terminal disease, but it's a devastating disease to watch somebody go through. Mm-hmm. And she never complained. Ne- not once. I remember talking to my mama before she died. I said, Mama, are you afraid to die? And she said, no, I'm not afraid to die. And I was like, is there anything about it that you don't like, you know? And she said, the only thing is, she said, I'm asking God to help me, give me peace with the fact that I'm going to miss y'all. That was the only thing that she was trying to process. Mm. And when she got to that place of peace, she was ready to go. It's interesting. Like, I'm I'm like that with death, too, it, you know. And I think that's why I was so buried, because I'm like, well... <clears throat> like this is different though, right? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is this is you know, and I I've had to like my therapist has taught me to just embrace it though, right? Because mm-hmm. it's human to like miss somebody you really love, and like and so yeah. like you know for a long time I didn't realize like oh that's normal, it's okay, mm-hmm. and so I've had better moments. Like I like it, it was a time I had to, I used to do it on stage all the time, and then I stopped one time. Mm-hmm. I was on stage and doing her, and everybody's laughing. And it's almost like the, I couldn't even hear the laughter. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it because I'm like, oh, I miss this woman so much. That's right. And so, like, you know, when I think about it now, like, I'm in this beautiful place of, because I had a moment. Like, the, the first moment I had was literally at church one day. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I felt everything weighing on me. I think it's one of the moments that my life changed, too, actually. And I don't know what was happening. I don't know if we were just praying. And then, like, she... My eyes closed and she just literally in all white just started talking to me mm. and telling me everything is okay. And I said, I like, so when I did my show Real, I did an episode based off that conversation. People like, where's where this coming from? Like, yeah. I'm giving y'all a spiritual episode you don't know you're getting. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. It was just mm-hmm. a very honest conversation. Um, and then I felt the weight off me. Yeah. But then years later, I had to deal with the next part of that. Mm. And was just like, all right, cool. Did you have you mourned? Right, the process. Yeah. Right. yeah. And so I and so, you know, which is why I, once again I applaud my therapist. It was just very honest conversations. Yeah. Which is I'm glad we did an episode of that for that. Yeah, it was yeah. really because I, I really I you know, that's my goal now. It's just like, hey man, no, we all need it, like for real. Like everybody. Everybody needs right. it. Right. And especially uh black men. Mm-hmm. You know, you said something earlier, we're taught to move on. Uh, and that is a lot of times, especially with black men, are 
have been told for centuries that they are not allowed to feel. But you are, and you need that, and we deserve it, right? You deserve that. So it's important. I'm glad that you're sharing that. Well, that's what I like about what your husband is doing, like, it's teaching life lessons through through basketball and like, you know, because he's I think I think they're friends. It's like the the karate, the, the karate dude. The karate dude. Who the karate <laughs> like, dude? This dude. So he teaches karate, right? <laughs> and I don't know. It's a video it. that went viral that like he had like the dads come in. Uh huh. And they had the kid on the back, and he had. Oh, like, I do remember that video. Yeah, and it was just like. <laughs> I do remember it's, that. Cause it, and I think that's so fascinating. Like, and, and you seeing this dad feel for the first time. Yeah. You know, I think it's a beautiful thing that we're starting to see more of that. Yeah. And I think young people need to to see that, right? Just, I, right, men, it's okay to be emotional. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To talk. To talk. You got, like, and to be open about you it. You got to be open about that's it. That's right. You know, and I, that's one of the things, like, I think that's what I love about you too, and, and I, you know, I bring up tab time again. Is that and look, thank you for having me on the show. Like, absolutely, you know, thank you for coming, Farmer Seymour Sprout. That's what <laughs> it's the episode everybody loves the most. Oh wow! And it was so fun to do. Like, sometimes you do things that's surreal, and that's one of the things for me that I think lately I've been very uh, adamant on just doing things that's very family oriented, and mm-hmm. then like just for children. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and like one of the things I lo- like, I remember I did the show and I walked away with a lesson. <laughs> I remember when I was taking up my wardrobe, I, I was just sitting there thinking about the episode, like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. I learned something today. <laughs> like, like I know I was in it, but I'm like, I really learned something today. Very good. It was funny, even when I watch it, I could I'm watching me watch you say things, mm-hmm. and it's me literally just watching. Like I'm not even like in character. I'm just like. <laughs> like I'm learning what the children learn. Like, yeah. like, how do you feel about that? Because you're like you're doing some like like Mr. Rogers. Level <laughs> of it. Mr. Rogers, no, for real, Mr. Mr. Rogers was like such I an impactful. Rogers, yeah. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Like, you be you think my about neighbor. It, dude, he yeah. taught us so much, yeah. and he was so real. Yeah, he was. Is that like what made you want to do tab time? Actually, well, you know, um, I love Mr. Rogers, oh, and wow. and I love the the television that he put out. And so um, that's a compliment to me. So thank you for that. I, in in prayer, for about four years, uh, every morning I would hear God say, heal the world. Mm. And I would think, I'm one person, how can I heal the world, right? And after I started eating better and, and healing myself, I thought, oh, I am my world. My body is my world. And that's the healing. But it, the voice kept coming, heal the world. And I was like, well, what what is it? And then in... Another day, he told me it starts with children. Mm. And that was about two and a half years ago. <clears throat> and so I told my team, I was like, listen, when I first uh, signed with like CAA and my new management team, I was like, I want to do a children's show because God has gave me an assignment to mm. heal the world. And he told me it starts with children. And my idea is if I can get children to see themselves and to see each other, despite our differences, to love each other. Um, to have compassion towards each other, to laugh together, mm-hmm. to learn together, then those same children will grow up and be adults who see each other, who see themselves, who love each other, mm-hmm. who have compassion for each other, but will also be willing to help heal each other. Yeah. And that was why I wanted a children's show. And I also just want, you know, I have a son who's 10, and YouTube is, his, is you know, that's his thing. <laughs> and I just watch some of these things, and they're so fast. Mm-hmm. 
and they're overstimulating. And I just wanted to bring back TV that I watched as a kid that slowed me down a little bit mm. yeah. and allowed me to really take things in and also to feel something. And it's also it's, it's for children, but it's also for the child inside of the adults. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's why I wanted to do it. You know what makes it dope, too, is that, you know, we're showing uh, different images of empathy because mm-hmm. I think not just our kids, not just black kids, white kids need to be comfortable with us, too. Yeah. And so, like, I, I say I did this cartoon, Eureka. It's coming on Disney Junior. And I remember, and it's just me being honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember at one point they was they had, and this, look, they shouldn't have did it, so I can talk about it. <laughs> they had the brother I ain't never seen in none of the zooms and none of the, my recorders mm-hmm. come tell me that basically my diet, like they wanted to change a little bit how I talk. Wow. And I was like, I be waiting for stuff like that. Like, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, well, no, let's yeah. not do that. You know who you hired. This is how I sound. Mm-hmm. And I'm a dad. Mm-hmm. And I know what you're trying to do. I'm going to tell you something. These little white kids, they ain't never heard a black dad before, need to hear my voice mm-hmm. as it as it is. That's right. And also, it's still just as warm. Mm-hmm. And so when I was watching, they sent me the episodes recently, and I was looking at it. I almost teared up. Oh. I was so happy to hear my voice. Like, oh, I'm a in black dad in that space. Yeah. And it's heartwarming. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's like, fam, this is how we, like, this is what changes the world. Yeah. Yes. I was just going to say that. And it's what changes how they see us. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so, like, I thought that was interesting. Like, well, could you? I said, brother, I was so honest with you. I said, brother, you don't let them do you, bro. <laughs> right. I right. ain't seen you, man. Like, I, was like, I, I literally was you. keeping real. I was like, fam, why you let them do you like this? Yeah. yeah. And I remember everybody being quiet, and they apologized. Mm-hmm. Because it was real what I said. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Nah. Absolutely. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, this is such, this is <laughs> this is such a pivotal time, you know, in times we're living in for us to have our voices, that's be, right. you know, be elevated. So, I mean, this is it. Yeah, no, but so that's true. what I love about you talking about your dialect. It's just it's 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 warming. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad you are who you are. I'm glad you sound like you. It's 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 warming. None of us are supposed to sound exactly alike. That's right. It's not one way to talk and sound. And I think you know Hollywood tend to do that. Yeah. But you got to fight for that. I know I do it every single day. Like, I fight mm-hmm. for, and I'm proud of me for that. I think when I was in quarantine, coming out of that, I was like, you know something? I'm definitely not. I'm This is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, and I'm not going to be quiet about it. Yeah. You know, if I'm like, yo, I need a barber on set that <clears throat> cuts hair for real, that is That's what y'all going to hire. Yeah. Have, have that here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, like, I love the fact that, like, you talk about being free. I, I feel so free. Good. Like, I was telling you, I went Love to the comedy club at Bomb last night. But it felt free. Like, <laughs> I don't, because I don't This care. is real life. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, and I told the crowd, look, this wasn't great. Yeah. If y'all want to boo me, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they probably laughed at that. They did. They like, I'm like, come on, boo me. They're like, what? What you want us to do? Boo yeah. me. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it's, but it's just because I feel free. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter. It don't matter. Yeah. We are just here for a very small amount of time. Yeah. We can't take it so serious. We got to just let things go. And yeah. I, I know you spoke on being signed, right? And that's a question I know a lot of people want to ask. Like, they do social media, but they don't know. How did you? How were you able to navigate to getting management and getting signed? Because, I mean, people have no idea how to do that. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, honey. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
I had an agent mm-hmm. uh, and a manager uh, for years. Yeah. Right? I had a commercial agent, then I had a theatrical agent. They didn't understand this, this you. They didn't understand. Yeah. When I got on social media, when I first went viral, uh-huh. I called my agent. I was like, you know, I'm back. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I want to audition again, and mm-hmm. I started to do stuff. Because I, I might have did like five things while I was sick. But they was mostly like for friends or people that knew that I wasn't too well. And they were like, Ted, we just want you to come and do something, you know. Um, but when I called them, I was like, hey, listen, I went viral and, you know, Whole Foods want to work with me. So I need y'all to like figure out how to do this. And they were like, oh, we don't do social media stuff. Mm. I was like, well, what am I? What am I do? Mm. You know. And so the manager that I had, I had just signed with her like a couple months. She had no idea. And oh. I was like, so I had a friend. Uh, Stephen Love, who's a, a producer, a, a very uh, amazing producer now. At the time, I said, hey, listen, Stephen, because we were like trying to develop a show for me. I was like, I need you to be my manager. He was like, hey, uh, Tab, I'm a producer. I said, yeah, but the Lord told me to just start giving you 10% and you're going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's it. And he was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got my first manager in this space. Okay. He didn't know, and I didn't know. We got got a lot in the beginning, right? We was like, hey, we'll do it for $1,000. They were right. like, okay, here you go. We was like, ooh, that was too low, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but we probably did 56 deals together, okay. something like that. And as he grew uh, in, in his producing, he got signed with CAA. Oh, wow. And then he told them about me a year prior. He was like, listen, I got this girl that I've been working with, you know, Tap at the Brown, you know. And they didn't. Same budge, you know, they was like, okay, great, we'll we'll check it out type of thing. And then March of 2020, I got on TikTok. And when I got on TikTok, uh, you know, I got a million followers in 30 days. Mm. And then the the week later, I had two million. Oh, wow. Right? And it was just, it was just, it wouldn't stop. And after that, he called me and was like, hey, CAA called me today and was like, hey, you still uh, rep the girl, (laughs) Tabitha Brown? And he was like, hey, she's still, I don't, you know, really manage her anymore. But because at that time it was quarantine, I was just at home cooking, and, you know. And uh, he was like, but, you know, this is her information. And that's how that happened. Wow. But they were always on my vision board. From the time mm-hmm. that I moved to L.A., I always wanted to be at CAA. I worked at Macy's in Century City mm-hmm. for five years. And when I would take my lunch breaks, I would just go walk by the building and be like, one day, God. You know, every time I had an event at CAA, you know, somebody was having a screening or doing a party or something, I would touch the walls and I would say, this is home mm. one day, God. Yo, I said, I, 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 I'm I, telling the truth. Yeah. I went, it was 20, 2011, I went out there and I sat outside and I took a picture and I walked in and it was yeah. just so big and empty. Yeah. I just walked back out. That's that's crazy. We share that. I'm going to show See? you the picture after this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's I mean, <laughs> but we got to speak it. Yeah. But we got to believe it. Yeah. Right. And so I believed it. Mm. And when I, the night before, uh, I knew I was going to take the call with CAA. I prayed that night and I said, God, I need a team. I don't, I don't just need an agent. I need a full team mm-hmm. that can help me with this moment because I don't know what to do. And when I got on the phone to take the call with uh, my agent, our leader, we talked. It was supposed to be like a 15, 20 minute call just to kind of like, you know, fill each other out. We were on the phone for like two hours. Mm. And at the end of the call, she was like, I normally wouldn't do this. She was like, but I feel like you need a team. And I want to introduce you to this management company that I've worked with in the past. And just see if you like them. And I was like, I knew then it was a yes before I ever met them. And I was like, absolutely, set it up. (laughs) And we met the next day. And 
it was just like before I, they even said anything on the, we all on the zoom i knew it was yes cuz i it's what i prayed for it's what god had had literally revealed to me that he was confirming what i prayed and that's how it happened yeah, that's what's a beautiful thing about like you know faith is the unknown part of it mm mm-hmm. Like I've had moments where, like, I remember. I think I told you the story where, like, when I booked Get Out and like Jordan Peele came outside and told me I booked it, and mm-hmm. after I just auditioned, people still auditioning. Shut up. And I just walked. I, and we talking about. I didn't know what it was gonna be. Right. I had no. I, I didn't know, but yeah. I knew. Like yeah. I literally was walking down the street, literally crying and praising God. Yes. And I didn't know why. Like yeah. I'm like, I don't know what this movie gonna be. This is a low budget. <laughs> we killing all these white people. I don't know what's gonna happen. Right. <laughs> This can't go far. This can't go far. I don't know who's gonna see this, but it would just—it's just something about the unknown in a way. Like yeah. you just know, mm-hmm. you just know what it is. It's like, a shift that happens in your it's spirit. It's a shift. You like—I mm-hmm. like, yeah. had no idea. Yeah, and that's why you know, which is what I love about life is I just love these beautiful moments. Yeah, because it was like that was part one. Part two was when I went to the premiere. Nobody knew who I was. I was walking the carpet, and when I walked out. Literally, the theater opened and people bum rushed me. Mm. And I was like, what is about to happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what just happened? Yeah. I walked out with my team, like, that was cool. And people, they, they had to walk me to my car, and I'm like, yeah. What's about to happen? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was trying to give thing. you your last walk so that you could take wow. it in. Mm. Wow. Last walk. Yeah. Right. I, I remember, uh, I didn't know that I was famous. Because we've been in quarantine, and i just doing videos. I see the numbers, but I was in the house. <laughs> and then I booked the shy. Mm. And so I flew to Chicago. And so I had got an apartment and everything, and I was like, oh, it's a Whole Foods over here. I'm going to walk to Whole Foods, and I'm going to walk to Ross. <laughs> and I'm by myself. So I walk out. I'm walking. And I hear, like, people, like, honking horns. And I'm in the city, though. You know, I'm from the country. I was like, oh, this is so nice. This city. <laughs> And I realized they were honking the horn and waving at me. And I was like, hey. Oh, wow. And then I started thinking like, oh, wait, they know they know who I am. Like, they really know. Because I've been touring and stuff for a couple of years. And it would be like vegan fest. So I knew the vegan people knew, but the community, right? Mm-hmm. But these is random people that look like everybody. <laughs> and by the time I got to Whole Foods, like, people were walking on the sidewalk with me. By the time I got in, like, people, they everybody turned and looked like, oh, my God. And I was like. I think I called my mother. I said, "Hey, I'm gonna take an Uber back to the apartment. <laughs> I think I'm famous." He's like, "I think I'm famous." He was like, "Man, what you mean? You are, what are you talking about?" I was like, "No, man, I'm telling. I'm. I mean, I think I'm famous. Famous. Like people know who I am, and it's because I don't see myself the way other people do. But it was a moment where it's like I embrace all the times that I do have that are intimate." Right, mm-hmm. that walk where nobody knows, because mm-hmm. there'll come a time where everybody knows, <laughs> right? But it's still such a blessing. Both are a blessing. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I still find so much peace in like taking my son to school. You know, those I love little that. moments. Let me tell you something about that, which is beautiful. Is that like <laughs> when you're not there yet, you almost like I can't wait for people to know who I am. Right. Like, I, I cannot wait. I want to walk a club. <laughs> I want to shout out. <laughs> And then once it start happening, like, oh, I don't, y'all don't have to. It's okay. Like, I promise you, I just want to chill out. You know, you know. And you know, it don't, for me, it doesn't bother me because I've created my brand to make everybody feel like family. Mm. 
it's just that we still in the pandemic, right? People be trying to run. Everybody want to hug. And, and I want to hug them. And it, But it be so many people. Mm-hmm. And when they see me, they be like, Tab. And I don't be knowing to say their name to yell it back, right? Because I, <laughs> I don't know who it is. But I know that they family to me because mm. I've created it to feel that way. Uh, but sometimes it can be like overwhelming when there's a whole bunch of people at one time. But I know they're the reason why I get to be here, right? Mm. You know, they're the vessels also that God uses for me and for my good. So I do take that time with every person. When I'm on book tour, I was in Atlanta uh, last week for my Target fashion show, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a whole line of people that wanted to do a picture. Well, it would not for to just say that real quick. <laughs> oh. Because you got this huge, <laughs> dope deal with Target. How did that happen? You know what? It was actually very organic. You know, mm-hmm. I started doing, um, like, influencer content for Target, uh, like, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just doing real content, like, you know, everything that was true to me, they said, absolutely, whatever you want to do, right? And then they came to me and was like, we want to do something bigger. And I originally studied, you know, fashion design after high school. And I love fashion. And so when they said, uh, you know, we want to do like four drops, something we've never done. This is something they have never, ever done. Um, I'm also the first uh, to ever be a non-designer to do a clothing line at Target, wow. right? And so they were like, we want to do four drops with you. So it's First is clothing and apparel. Second is like uh, office and home. Uh, and then I'm going to do food. And then I'm going to do outdoor and entertainment. I have the whole store. It's never been done. And I said, okay, let's do it. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to Maya, man, from Chicago. I love Maya. Yeah, well, that's my yeah. girl. But it's something to say. Like, you in all categories. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like Martha Stewart, <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> like, like, you're like, like talk show host. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. crazy how like. Wow, it, I, I think it's a beautiful thing just to see all these things open up. Yeah, God said I can have it, hmm. right? And um, until He tell me not to do it, I won't. You know, I'm gonna keep on going. She's getting it done, man. Yeah. yeah. Yo, one more. Like you got um, so you got your family, right? You got you. Mm-hmm. You got your husband doing this thing. You got your yeah. kids doing that thing. Uh-huh. I mean, you were you were looking to get. I don't know if you were getting into reality shows too back then. You created a reality show. How about now with this family, this whole family thing? America's mom. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm just I'm just throwing it out because y'all all are like, <laughs> yeah. You know, one of my favorite <laughs> pictures is you and your daughter switching up, switching up. <laughs> yeah, by the way. And it was like, yo, that was yeah. so crazy. I still can't tell who's. Uh, yeah, we I had so know. much fun doing that. <laughs> um, you know, during like 2020. There was like a whole bidding war for a reality show for my family. We shot a reel and everything. Oh, and really? then like, I mean, millions of dollars was, they were like, okay, how much, this this much, this network, this much, this network. And I had to pray about it and God said no. Okay. And mm. I said, yeah. you know, I prayed about it and God said no. Yeah. I never wanted a reality show. Um, and so when I was doing it, I, I was doing it so that my family could have a door open. Right. And when it started to not feel right, mm-hmm. I went into prayer and I was like, I, I, I don't know if this is right, yeah. you know. And I asked my husband, I said, babe, you want a reality show? And he was like, no, I was doing whatever you whatever you want to oh. do. And I asked my daughter, you want a reality show? She was like, I was doing whatever whatever you said, mom. And I was like, oh. they didn't ask for this either. Mm-hmm. And God said, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And so when I called my agent, I was like, hey, you got to tell him no. She was like, what, what, what you mean? I said, yeah, I prayed and God told me it's, it's a no. Yeah. 
and the they the product you know the production company who had shot the you know real who was all excited they just could not understand they were like well how much money does you need and I was like it's not about the money my piece is not for sale mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, and obedience is way better than sacrifice and I'm being obedient and I'm sending in my no so it's it's still a no for me <laughs> that's absolute and it should yeah. be hey well. The power of no. The power of no is real. Well, every, every, you know, all money ain't good money. Yeah. Exactly. Like, if you really believe what you're supposed to I believe it. Like, it's yeah. so funny. I say no a lot more than people think I do. Like, you in like, yeah. every movie, but like, so if you think, yeah, you've seen a lot, but right. imagine how many no's. Man, <laughs> right. so many. We, I say no every day. Yeah. We say no every day, but there was a time where I would say yes to almost anything because mm. I was not free. I didn't know who I was and I was desperate to make it. Now I'm free. I don't need to do anything that does not serve me mm-hmm. and I won't. There it is. Yeah. Get free. Get free. Get free. We Get deserve free. that. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I actually want to play a game, which is that okay? We're oh, going to play right. a little game. Let's do We're going to head to the screen here, man. We're going to throw some pictures up real quick and I want oh, you to Lord tell Jesus. me whenever you see these pictures, <laughs> What was going on in your uh, life at the time? Honey, yeah, she was right not here. free, bless her heart. <laughs> but she was funny. Okay. <laughs> she was very funny. Uh, Brown Hooks, who I absolutely love. Um, he saw me when nobody else did, really. Mm-hmm. Gave me an opportunity. This is a movie that we did that I thought was going to change my life. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that wasn't the thing that people know me for. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, this this was a fun time. I thought, that, listen, when I did this, if I, we were at ABFF in Miami mm-hmm. when this movie uh, wow. came out. And this was the magazine they was giving out. Honey, you could not tell, tell nothing. Okay? <laughs> you couldn't tell me nothing. But, yeah, she she won't free, though. No, nah, she wasn't free. Yeah. All right, what's, what's the next picture? Let's get that one on out of here. <laughs> Don't nobody need to go watch that movie. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. Tab and Kim. Kate, what's going on here? Hey, listen. Uh, <laughs> this was when I first came to, you know, L.A. My first TV jobs were all hosting. Mm-hmm. That was my fr- first introduction to television. So I would get... Um, invited to do all the red carpet interviews mm-hmm. or host parties and do all the red carpet or um, just inside interviews with celebrities mm-hmm. and stuff. Wow. So this is before Tab was Tab and before Kim was really Kim. Yeah. I know you say that's my biz. So this is my biz. I'm in your business okay, right okay, now. I'm all, all right. in it. Give yes. me another picture. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. What was happening here? What was this? Where were we at? Oh, I, oh you know what? I was at um, my old house. <laughs> okay. I was renting here. This is the house that I... First started doing videos in. Mm. This, that couch, honey, is, is where I, I spend a lot of time laying down. Wow. Um, but this was a a uh, travel show that mm-hmm. they were shooting, like, the real four, trying to get it picked up. Mm-hmm. And me and my husband were, uh, we just got paid to, you know, be the fake people who <laughs> actually <laughs> got the this, fake you know, this, this vacation. <laughs> where we were supposed to be, like, going to, like, I think Mexico or Hawaii or something. Okay. But we was right there in um, Palace Verde down there. <laughs> And this is they did it. They did the interview right here. Yep. Yep. Wow. But we needed that five hundred, so yeah, we showed up. That five hundred. Yeah. Wow. We yeah. are going back and tell. What oh, is look going? At Tab. What's going on, Tab? This is my first headshot after I stripped my locks. Okay. Yep. Wow. After I stripped my locks, that was what I had left. <laughs> That's what I had That's left. What I had, and uh, that was my my first headshot. It's in North Carolina. North Carolina. Uh-huh. Wow. You know something? You could tell that was that at the mall. 
No, it was actually on a, a back porch. Huh? Um, What's back? The- <laughs> you, you, got, you, you bring pull one of the backgrounds in. It was. It, he had a little, a little screen uh, on, the, on the back of a porch. But I found a photographer in the uh, yellow pages. And the, um, the yellow pages. pages. Yeah, because we I was in Greensboro and I was like, I need a photographer. So I went to the yellow pages and looked up photographers and I think I might have paid like $80 for this picture. My first headshot looks like a graduation picture. Yeah, listen, that we, too. I don't even know if I can find we it. We gotta find that. But I took too. it at the mall. Oh. oh. They said like the mall you just had to like the little uh-huh. Yeah, we yeah. had it. In North Carolina. Chicago had the mall. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Had, the, I had my pants leg up, my headband oh, on. Oh, was you, like, was, oh. you was like, I'm a character actor. Get all of this. Okay. <laughs> so, so all my flights. But, yeah. <laughs> Look at That's a better background, though. I like that. Right. Yeah, that, that this, is when, this is when headshots were black and white. Mm. Yeah. Got one more. One more? Oh. What's, what's happening here? Uh, this was for Vanity Fair. Okay. In 2020, nice. I was, you know, uh, one of their, like, the most influential people on, mm. on TikTok. Wow. There it is. Yeah, and I was scared to death because I can't swim. <laughs> and we was uh, in this house in Beverly Hills to do this. I'm pretty sure that's four feet. No, even. it was deep. Was it? Yeah. Wow. Because they had, yeah, it was like 10 feet. Oh, that's feet. a Davenport you said, And no. it's an old pool because oh, it's an old historical area in Beverly Hills at this home. Wow. So, you know, back in the day, like all the old school pools were like 10 feet deep. They were very deep. Oh, yeah, deep. yeah. You don't want to be and around And so that. I was like, I was smiling and laughing because I was so scared and nervous. And my daughter was over in the background. She was like, girl, you keep laughing, mommy. Keep laughing. <laughs> yeah. But that was a good day. That picture came out amazing. So yeah. we took you back in time and yeah. led to that. That's amazing. Now wow. you're right here. So amazing. Here we are. Great guest. Well, look, thanks for hanging out with us. Absolutely. This is, this is, Thank uh, y'all. It's been a great episode and inspiring. And mm-hmm. just, you know, it's fun. I, I, like, yeah. you're one of my favorite people in the world. I didn't know that, but I appreciate that. You really are. <laughs> Thank you. You truly are. Like, I, like every once in a while when you send me, you know, you'll send me a random You got me putting you, putting you on my heart, so yeah. I always check in on you. I appreciate that. Though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We learned me. a lot. Appreciate you. Yes. Well, thank thanks you. for showing up, y'all. This has been another episode of Keeping <laughs> It Real with Young Wayne. And I guess Tabitha Brown. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Thank right, you, Go on about y'all business. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that was a HeadGum Podcast.